Hello and welcome everyone. I am Julie Melk, Honor Yoga's Director of Programming and welcome to the Triplecast podcast with Carolyn Chaco as my guest today. I am so lucky to have Carolyn Chaco who is our lead trainer for restorative yoga at Honor Yoga. She teaches restorative teacher trainings. She of course teaches restorative classes and workshops. And on the side, she just so happens to be a mother and an architect. And Carolyn really brings into her classes, which I have attended many of myself, some of that skill set. She is tremendously empathetic and compassionate, and that comes through just in her personality at all times, but certainly um, the design of how we bring together stillness into our really hurried and busy life and also designing in some of your classes, which I want to talk about, of course, is sound bowls. But welcome, Carolyn, to the podcast. Thank you for being here. It's so nice to be here with you, of course. And you know, just to spend some time with you and also to talk about, you know, my favorite things to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I always love to start um, with your first yoga experience. Maybe it was a feeling or a class that you, that really resonated with you. And then perhaps to Carolyn, as we do, when we look back in retrospect, is there any tie to your going into yoga or this idea of yoga, is there any tie to that? And you as Carolyn, the small person being young Carolyn. So yeah, what was your- That's quite a question. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll share my first yoga experience, which I share a lot because it's crazy. My kids now are in college, but at that time they were younger. They were, I think, middle school or going into middle school. And my husband, he's retired now, but active duty military. You know, I thought I was handling life perfectly, right? I'm a mom. I have my kids doing carpool. I worked, but only part-time. And I thought I had uh, my schedule all in order, all my ducks in a row. And then my husband was deployed and uh, it was rocky and crazy and really, uh, it was tough. It was tough. And everyone could see how tough it was. So one of my girlfriends said, Oh, you want to go to a yoga class? <laughs> go to a yoga class? And I said, Sure, let me let's go. And we went and it was restorative yoga. So that was my first like yoga experience in a yoga class, restorative yoga with all the props. And in hindsight, I see what a profound experience that was. And I see that that experience forever changed the course of my life, forever, that class. And I remember it really well. And it, it, changed, it changed forever. Like, like I never stopped going to yoga. And that's hindsight. When I was there, it was more like, get me out of here. <laughs> so I'm in the class, in the first class, and they set me up in supported bond angle. And she gave me an eye pillow and I put it on my eyes. And I remember thinking, I've got to get out of here. Like, I've got to run. I got to run. And I had to say to myself, it's just an eye pillow. Like, you can handle having an eye pillow on your eyes. I had to talk to myself. And it was that process, right? In hindsight, I see that 
to be always running and doing and checking things off the list is, is one way of dealing with life. But in this case, life was too messy for me. There was so much emotion. I didn't know how to process it. I had nowhere to put it. I was so stressed. And I went to this yoga class, restorative yoga, which is about stillness. And just by making the choice to stay, by making the choice to be still and see and just be there with all the desire to run, the desire to move, with all the desire to push away all the anxiety and messiness in my life, but just choosing to stay and practice and just be there with all that was the decision that really changed my life. Because when we're, you know, life is messy, right? Life is crazy messy. And when we stop trying to just fix it and just be with it, suddenly I think we, we can see that it can be messy. It can be crazy. We can have a lot of emotions but we can be still at the same time and we can just be there and see what's happening. So that was my first yoga class experience. And yeah, in hindsight, I'm like, oh, that, that was it. When, once I started taking that, I never missed. I went every week. I always went. Um, my kids would be like, oh, mommy can't miss yoga because they saw that I was a better person, a calmer person when I went to yoga. I remember my son saying that mommy cannot miss yoga. And then time went by and I realized I wanted to grow that practice. And then I started to do other kinds of um, practice. And, and then I did a bunch of trainings for restorative yoga. And then I made the decision, like, I want to share this practice, that this is a, the stillness is profound and I want to share it. So then I did my 200 hour and I was the one in 200 hour where I would be like, no, I want to teach restore. Other people were like, I'm going to teach blow. I don't know if I'm going to I'm like, I'm teaching restore. Let's, let's get down on the floor and do it right now. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I know, I know. It's such a profound thing, that choice, right? That we, even though there's no, it's a practice, right? And even though we're not enjoying maybe the practice, when we do restore, when we take the time, make the choice to practice, and then come and rest our body, literally create a shape with props and blankets and rest our body on it, the body does all the work. So the mind can still be messy, right? Busy, anxious, thinking about dinner. <laughs> but the body does the work and the body pulls the mind along with it, which is why I think I like sometimes, occasionally I'll play my samples in class too, because I think they have the same effect. They pull the mind along. So it's that beautiful practice that we can show up and be there and choose to experience it. Yeah. I hear so much the move the body, how maybe you want the mind to move, right? So yes. you tapped into your ability, your determination to stay still and that stillness of your physical form translated to your emotional and your mental form, which I think is something maybe we're not taught. How cool is that? That how we move our body can affect how we move our mind. So we don't have to use our mind to move our mind. For those, I have so many things that I want to pick apart with that, but first and foremost, <laughs> for those people that aren't clear on what restorative yoga is, what is your today definition, Carolyn, of restorative yoga? Oh, I know, I know. Restorative yoga, the way that I teach it is a stillness practice. It's uh, where we use props, like 
blankets or pillows or really any blocks or bolsters. And I teach it live stream. So I encourage people if they're home to use props they have at home. It doesn't have to be a specialized set of props at all can be what we have. And using those props, we create the yoga postures and then we rest in them. So for example, we might stay in a posture for 15 minutes and it's that act of allowing our body to be literally held and resting. It signals our nervous system. It signals our nervous system to shift to calm. It signals the body. So we always hear about the sympathetic side of the nervous system, the active side, the fight or flight, the freeze, or, but this is the calm side. And the body has, there's parts of our body that are triggered to move. There's parts of our body that are triggers, like a big breath when we take a deep breath and exhale a big exhale. It's triggering the calm side of the nervous system. When we rest our body on props, it triggers the calm side of our nervous system. And when we stay for 15 minutes, the whole nervous system has the opportunity to shift over to the calm side. So that's what I think of as restorative yoga, the act of creating postures using the props and coming to rest on them and committing to stay there for a while. (laughs) Do people fall asleep? Oh, often people fall asleep. Often they do. And that's okay, right? There's nothing wrong with that. They fall asleep. Sure, of course. And I fall asleep when I do restore sometimes. And it's just, there's no right or wrong. It's the practice. It's just coming and doing it. That is the most important thing. Right. So I think you might get this question frequently, but I just can't sit still, Carolyn. How could I do restorative yoga? I just can't sit still. And I know you just painted a beautiful picture of where you were in your very full life and bringing that fullness into a practice that asked you to sit still and you were capable of it. What do you say to people when people must say that to you? Oh yeah, they do say that. They say, I can't sit still or I can't calm my mind. That's the probably more frequent thing. I can't calm my mind. I can't relax. They'll say, I'm unable to relax. And I say, Today's your lucky day because you don't have to relax to do restore. And I do agree that there's the perception. It's a perception. It's a, it's a false idea that we have to calm our mind or we have to perceive calm or we have to perceive like, oh, I'm going to practice yoga. And if I don't feel great at the end or if I'm not feeling really relaxed, it's I'm not doing it right. So this is like a, an idea that isn't true. This idea like I'm going to go do restore and it's going to be relaxing. And if I don't feel relaxed, I'm not doing it right. That's like a common thing. And I say to people, you know, it's okay to have, it's okay to not feel relaxed, right? Because we're processing our emotions. And sometimes we might feel really anxious or kind of coming down off that busyness. But the good news is the body still, the body does all the work. And even if the mind doesn't feel calm, the body is calming as it's on the props. And so we have the benefit, even if the mind isn't calm. And then the important thing with our mind is if our mind is in another place, right? In the past, thinking about something that's gone in the past or in the future, thinking about things to do, 
we, when we notice that, we want to bring our attention back to the present moment. And we use tools such as bringing our attention back to our breath, which is in the present moment, or bringing our attention back to the sensation of our body resting on the props. But the brain is made to think. So when we bring it back to the present moment, that's the practice, choosing to be present, choosing to be in the present moment. And then we bring it back, make the choice. And our brain is made to think and to categorize and to be busy. So inevitably the brain will pull us away. No problem. The practice is to bring it back and to know with confidence that no matter what our thoughts are doing, our body is having the benefit resting on the props, that that's going to happen no matter what. And we don't have to make it happen or try to be relaxed. We just practice bringing our attention back to the present moment. And the body does all the work. Our nervous system is designed to come when we set it up on props. Yeah. And from my own experience taking your class, which has been really powerful for me in comparison to even other restorative classes, there's some phrases that you say, and honestly, I don't have it memorized, but I think one of them is it's okay. Quite often I hear you say that. And a lot of the times I hear when you're teaching a very invitational language around you know, possibilities and options and not just conform to this idea that we have to be cemented on our props. We will move and we might fidget and more shapes than others. And I think that's what makes some of your classes really unique and always felt really good in, in another way for me is that there was this like door open to other possibilities than just, you know, I'm here, I must be here, I must resist movement and be calm. (laughs) True. Yeah, that's so sweet. I know, you know, I learned that I did a wonderful training, yin training with Sally Miller. and She has this wonderful expression she uses. And I, I brought it into my own queuing because I love it so much. She'll say something and then she'll say, no problem. (laughs) I always love that. She'll say, you know, your mind is busy. No problem. <laughs> I just thought that was so reassuring that everyone is going to have their own experience. And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about in my first yoga class experience, like just the choice to be there, right? Just the choice to show up and practice is powerful right there. And okay. that just the choice to be there and then to be experiencing the doubt am I doing it right? The worry, um, my brain's not calm. That's okay. That's part of the practice, right? That's part of it. Just showing up and experiencing, oh no, am I doing it right? The doubt. And then realizing that that thought is just taking you out of the present moment, right? You can use, come back. So in many ways, it's like that invitation. I love that word, Julie, the invitations. That's such a nice word. It's, it's like an invitation we're giving ourselves to just be there, be vulnerable with ourselves, which is really challenging and to not want to fix it. I find that in my life, that's a, always a challenge to want to fix it and be like, no, I'm just here and it's messy. Look how messy it is. <laughs> it's such a mess and I'm not cleaning it up. I'm just here with it. 
Right. Um, you took us from your first class and then it was a little while before you did a teacher training and, but you knew that you wanted to be a restorative teacher. And I'm, I presume after that first teacher training, you've done other trainings. I know you have lots of trainings under your belt. What have you, what lessons have stood out along the way or what individuals have really impacted your teaching for the better? Share with us any of those special oh people or lessons. Yeah, I'm a serial, like I was a serial training taker, right? I love to take trainings. I, I love to learn. That's an excellent question. And what's really stands out for me. So, I, you know, I have had teachers along the way who have really impacted me. And I think the biggest kind of takeaway for me from from all those trainings, because there are so many, and there's so many different sort of styles of teaching and thoughts around the correct way to cue and the correct way to do different things. And I think the most powerful, you know, and I've had, I loved when I did my mentorship with you, Julie, that was an amazing experience. I felt like I learned so much from you. The thing that is my takeaway through all that is I took one of my most powerful trainings is I took a Judith Lassiter training. Mm -hmm. And she, at the very end, she had sort of like a list of things to go through. And the very last point that she had as a teacher, as a restorative yoga teacher was compassion, compassion. And that was so profound to me, that idea of compassion that I don't, you know, sometimes people will say to me, I'm so sorry, I'm late for class. A student will say, I'm sorry, I'm late. Or I'm going to show up. And I say, just a yoga class. <laughs> you can come and show up any way you want, right? It's okay to come in late, leave early, do what you need to do. And that has been the most powerful lesson, compassion. It's almost like, it's almost like my own version of self-care, right? That when I'm coming out and I want to fix things and I think things should be a certain way to be like, no, I don't have to fix it. Maybe it's okay that way. Maybe it's all right that things aren't textbook, that it's okay for us to be together, making that choice to come together and to practice and that whatever is happening right now is exactly as it's meant to be. So that word compassion, uh, it's like the most challenging thing. Would that be your number one piece of advice for a teacher? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Because when I first started to come to yoga, I think I had a more rigid kind of idea. Like I have to be on time and I have to show up and I have to dress a certain way and I have to have certain props and it has to be fit into like my box, right? My checklist. And that idea of compassion, you know, people are welcome, like many times people, students will say, I'm sorry, you know, apologize to me for anything. I'm sorry, I fell asleep. And, so, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's, we're just here sharing a, a like a, a experience together, which to me is really ultimate kind of trust, right, that we're here together. And I just say, it's just a yoga class. And like, you're always welcome in my yoga class, no matter what, just come, it's okay. And I try to extend that to myself, which is really hard every day. It's okay. It's okay, you're late. 
it's okay your hair is messy it's okay <laughs> and this is yeah it's okay right it's okay to just show up and to do the best you can and it is challenging right sometimes i was in one of your classes julie and you said something which has stuck with me forever and it is along the lines of compassion. And you said that, uh, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing, you said there's some schools of thought that say our perception of everything that's happening outside of us is a reflection of how our own, how we're feeling in the moment. That, you know, we might, our, our perception might be it's too hot. Oh, the room's too hot. Or it might be, I love the heat, right? It's like sort of what we're feeling in our own body. And to me, that's, that is compassion that maybe I, I don't have to have conditions on everything around me or my students, or that they're not practicing correctly. <laughs> but, but just to be like, come, come show up. There's no, you know, uh, the joke I have, I teach gentle on Friday mornings with a group that I've been with for a long time. And we always have a joke. And we all say, well, what does yoga mean? Of course, everyone has like, yoke and union. And, and I say, in my class, yoga means do what you want to do. <laughs> just show up. And let's I, be together. I have to interrupt you because I have heard you say that and I love it. It, it really, it's so untraditional to so many types of yoga stuff that's out there. That and the no problem, as soon as you said it, it brought me right back to being in class with you. It's like, no problem, no problem, you know, because we do formulate all these, maybe we don't call them problems, but we're tackling these issues of our to-do lists and our bigger goals and, and things like that. And so just to continually hear you say that, no problem, really, it really resonated with me this, like, there is no problem. That's a figment of your imagination, you know, it can be this way or that way. There is no problem. Looking back at this pathway that you've chosen does it tie into any deep yearning aspiration or curiosity for when you were a small person and it may not but do you see a thread of maybe it's a value that you've always upheld from when you were just a small person to now and how it all kind of comes together wow that's a pretty that's a lofty question. <laughs> That's such a lofty question. You know, I, it's so funny because I am an architect and I've been practicing forever and I love my profession. And someone said, oh, it seems so different than yoga. And I say, no, they're the same. They're the same because we're just creating a space. We're holding space. And that's what buildings are, holding space, creating a space. And that's what yoga is too. It's creating a space. And I think from the time I was very young, I, I loved buildings and I loved this idea of this container, right? The container of us, the space of us. And our thoughts, all those busy thoughts, I love that you're talking about the no problem. All those busy thoughts are, are just a part, right? They're not us. <laughs> They're just a piece. They're a part. Yeah. Just a part, a little part of us that lives in our brain and it's doing its job right? Categorizing, keeping us on track, but it's just a part. And there's this whole container of us, the space that I feel like when I, we come to a stillness practice, so that can be meditation, restorative yoga, yin, so many variations of a stillness practice. When we come to that, it allows us to 
to inhabit in a kind of a vulnerable way, right? Like, whoa, what is this? And to see the parts as just what they are and part of the whole with compassion. I think that's the perfect note to end this on. Thank you so much, Carolyn. That was really beautiful. Thank you, Julie. It's so nice to spend time with you. Oh, the feeling's mutual. I really appreciate you being here today and sharing with everyone just a little bit of your amazingness and the specialness that you are. So thank you for doing all that you do for everyone and particularly honor yoga.